Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation. You can follow us on Twitter at Lyle Swithenbank and at Ethos Pelicans. Now, it's been a big week. There's been plenty going on, as we know, uh, plenty of news that's kept us very uh, I suppose engaged. And to break it all down, I thought, well, I'm not going to do it by myself. I'm going to bring in our fiercest Southwest Division rival in the Memphis Grizzlies, host of the sports ethos Memphis Grizzlies, David Williams. David, how are you going? Good, man. Good. That's uh, the Southwest Division has had a lot of changes, you know, especially recently with uh, the the Murray trade, and then you know the Pelicans are are getting stronger with their moves that they made last season, and then a great draft for them. I, I think that. Um, I don't think that you could have asked for a better player to to follow them at, at eight. So, you know, it's kind of they needed a true point guard. I feel like uh, Daniels, right? Dyson Daniels, that, that's your yeah. guy. So, yeah, I know you were excited, right, because he's an Aussie. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's uh, – I think right now it's kind of a, it's a, it's a three-horse race because uh, San Antonio is fully leaning into the tank for Victor uh, Wimanyama. I think I'm probably butchering that last name. So if you know the correct <laughs> pronunciation, you can go ahead and correct me on that. But uh, you know th- they move their their all star guard, and there's a lot of questions surrounding that. But uh, yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff going on in the division. A little bit of scary news for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. had the foot surgery, so he's out four to six months. No telling what they're going to look like. I think they'll still be a solid team. They'll still find ways to win games, even without him. But he is a, a massive presence on the defensive end, and he's definitely going to be missed. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, big shakeup with uh, the Spurs trading uh, DeJounte Murray and apparently all very amicable it was purely because they didn't want to waste his prime, which, I mean, come on, I respect that. Um, that's uh, it's a lovely thing to do. I don't really understand the... Uh, the Hawks going all in on him, but who knows? Um, I mean, I'm sure they've got their their reasons. And yeah, the big news uh, about Jaron. I mean, that's that's disappointing. Uh, have they said what sort of break that is? Obviously, we're getting uh, flashbacks from last year where we also received that similar news. But um, hopefully, it's not as bad as what we had to go through with Zion. Um, has there been any updates? Um, no, the the last update. So. I feel like they were really trying to be slick with it, right? Because you get um, the the Grizzlies have signed John Morant to an extension. Yeah. Jaron Jackson's out four to six month with, months with a foot injury. The Memphis Grizzlies re-signed Tyus Jones, and it was like sandwiched in there. 
right? You get the jaw extension, the Jaron injury, and then they re-sign Tyus Jones. And it, it just really, I know what, like they probably were not really trying to cover it up, but that's just kind of the way that it felt. So now that four to six months, the Grizzlies are always cautious with this stuff. So I'm not expecting it to be the four month mark. I'm thinking it's going to be the six month mark. And from everything that I have read and I don't have, I've not found the doctor's report or anything, but it's very similar to the injury that Zion was dealing with. And, you know, as a Pelicans fan, you know how how painful that can be. Mm. So, you know, with with the guy that, you know, they just paid him, they just paid him big money. So they're going to be, they're going to be cautious with it. You know, he is not the same type of athlete that Zion is. He's not as explosive. He's not, you know, he's not jumping 13 feet in the air and coming down and landing on that foot the way that Zion is going to, but you still, this can be a lingering injury if you're not careful with it. And so the Grizzlies, even before this, they, they've they been extremely cautious with him. You know, it, the, the knee injury thing, we thought he was going to be back early in the season and then he misses over half the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting somewhere between six and eight months on him being out which would put him after the uh, the beginning of the 2023, beginning of 2023. Yeah, it's tough. And especially those ones, if foot injuries and the big man, I mean, yeah, having watched it all unfold with, uh, with the Pels last year, it, it really was one of those injuries that just refused to heal from all reports. You know, you have, and, and historically with those um those foot breaks, you know, there's less blood flow to it. So it takes longer to heal. And then you're walking on it because you can't just not walk. Um, and anything can go wrong. I know Kevin Durant had the similar injury as Zion did. And if Jaron's got the same, uh, it, it took him near on a year as well with a couple of surgeries. So fingers crossed he, he gets the fast healing and it all, um, uh, all comes together for him because it's, you never like to see it. it. Doesn't matter whether it's on your team or not. You hate to see injuries. I think it's the worst part of the game. And if we could get rid of them, um, I think it would be the best. But uh, there's not much you can do about it. But uh, that really does heat up this uh, this Southwest Division, I suppose. With with the Grizzlies having re-signed Jar Morant, they've gone. Yep, he's our he's our future. Well, he's our star. He's our cornerstone, and he's been fantastic uh, and and completely deserving of that max contract. Uh, I suppose that shakes it up. What is what is the Grizzlies' uh, outlook this year if Jaron does miss more time? Do they? Do you think that they uh, continue to stay up there this year, finishing second, mind you, this year? Uh, no, they're they're not going to finish top two this year uh, with, with Jaron. I would say the earliest that you see Jaron come back would be January, is my guess. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's being optimistic. Just. Because of the way that they've handled these things, I really think it's going to be on the later end of that. And that's why I see, you know, we the initial report is four to six months. And just because the way they handle it, I'm thinking six to eight months. But, you know, th- this team still has a solid core. But the issue that they have with the the moves that they made in the draft, and, and I don't dislike the guys that they got in the draft. I think that this is the first time in Zach Kleiman's tenure with the Grizzlies at, you know, as the guy that's making the calls on draft day, I think he was very ham fisted with the way that he operated. He gave up uh, two picks to move up to 19 to get LaRavia. And, mm-hmm. you know, then he gave up DeAnthony Melton, which, you know, was a, a rotation player for the Grizzlies last year to move back up to get Roddy. 
And yeah, maybe they got reports that there were other guys like other teams, you know, going after those guys, but I don't feel like there was a separation. So to me, if you're going to move up to get a guy, like when they moved back into the, the John Morant draft and they moved back up to get Brandon Clark, there was a separation in talent there. Like Brandon Mm -hmm. Clark was kind of the end of one tier. And then you had another tier of players kind of below him. And so they moved up and they got him because he was falling. The same thing with Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain was a tier above some of the other guys that were going around him and they moved back up and they got him. And I just, there was a lot of talent that I feel like was on the same level as Laravia and Roddy. Um, but they, they don't have – I say all that, just say they don't have rim protection. Steven Adams is not – he's never been a true rim protector in his entire yeah. career. I, I do like Adams. I like things that he brings to the floor defensively. He is uh, – not that he's a super switchable big, but he is a little more light on his feet than what uh, Valanciunas was, and that yeah. gives them a little more options defensively. But without Jaron, your best rim protector is Brandon Clark. And I don't know that he has the type of chops to be the only rim protector on a team. And so I'm worried what that's going to look like. I do still feel like they will be a playoff team, but, you know, I'm thinking if they can stay north of the play-in, like I would be happy with that. If they can stay somewhere in the the five, six area, I'm good with that. Yeah. uh, I think, yeah, that's a, that's really, um, well, I think that's where everyone's aiming to be, honestly. I think the play-in, while it was great for the Pelicans this year um, because of the start that we had, I reckon the plan is let's not get back in there and uh, and secure that spot in and have a bit of a rest before you get in there, uh, before the playoffs start. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, with the Pelicans, well, from all uh, reports, Zion Williamson is as healthy as he could be, just signed the max extension uh, upwards of $193 million, uh, and then... If he gets MVP or Defensive Player of the Year or All-NBA, I think it is, he um, could then get into uh, the $231 million range, which uh, is nothing to poke a stick at. I tell you what, I'd be pretty happy with that at 22 years old, but um, for now. But uh, it really does change that division a little bit. I think the Pelicans are absolutely stacked this year. Um, They have held Pat so far on any other moves uh the rookies do remain unsigned but i mean as to whether or not um uh, there's something else going on in the background who knows Uh, i haven't heard any reports as to whether that's going to happen but that leads me well we've heard about the kevin durant saga it's on every single news channel and so why should i differentiate um everyone's sort of putting their hat in the ring for Kevin Durant. Have you heard anything uh, or had any thoughts on where he might end up? Should he actually get traded? I, I think they're asking price. The the Rudy Gobert trade goes through, and then if you're if you're Brooklyn and you're holding on to Kevin Durant, you're just like slobbering all over yourself because you're like, man, if Rudy Gobert is going to get that, what am I going to get in return for yeah, Kevin exactly. Durant? But I'll tell you right now, as as a Grizzlies guy, I would not want to give up what Brooklyn is going to want in order to get Mm -hmm. them to move Kevin Durant. If you can get Kevin Durant on the Grizzlies and maintain either Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr., one or the other, 
then I'm probably okay with the move. Um, you know, obviously that there's certain things that you would have to give up to get a guy like that. You're going to have to give up a load of picks. You're going to have to give up some pick swaps. There's a lot of stuff you're going to have to do to make that happen. But if Brooklyn calls and they're like, we're not listening to an offer unless it involves Jaron and Bain, I'm hanging up the phone because this franchise has done a great job building through the draft and, Kevin Durant's 34 years old. And while I think he's going to age well because he doesn't rely on elite athleticism, you know, he's seven foot tall. He can shoot over the top of people. He can handle the ball well. His game is going to translate into later years, in my opinion. But uh, I just, at 34 years old, even with the amount of control that you have with this contract, I I wouldn't be okay giving up what they're going to require. And, you know, the stuff that I've heard as far as Pelicans, like somebody said that it would be Brandon Ingram. And I like, I know who Kevin Durant is. I know what he brings to the table and he instantly makes you a championship contender, right? If you, if you're able to maintain the majority of your core and, and add Kevin Durant to it, you've got a legitimate shot at a title. But with, you know, for me with the Grizzlies, I feel like this core of Jaron Bain and Ja are good enough to win a title without going out and getting a guy like Kevin Durant. And so I'd rather just take my chances. Um, but, you know, there, there are a lot of teams that are going to be interested in Kevin Durant. I, you know, you hear about Phoenix, you hear about Miami. I think yeah. Miami has the best package probably that they could send him. But, you know, Phoenix has DeAndre Ayton, who is, you know, he, he's a young big man. They could do a sign and trade with him as far as salary match and make something happen. You know, you could look at, uh, Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton, and then picks, and and maybe that's enough to get get uh, Brooklyn to pull the trigger. But you know the, I want to say it was, I think it was Bleacher Report. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Somebody reported that Miami, or um, that Brooklyn wanted Bam, and because of Ben Simmons being on that roster, they can't yeah. trade for Bam. So that really that kind of limits what type of package Miami can give up, but um, yeah, I'd say Phoenix is in a, in a good spot. They've got um, they've got some some pieces there that they can move, and not that Miami doesn't, because even outside of Bam, you you still have other guys, you know, and and Hero and and you know packaging together a, a couple other guys that I think that maybe they could get there. Um, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch it unfold. It seems like free agency is really like it was very hot early. And then since this announcement has been made, it's like people are pumping the brakes to see, okay, do I have a legitimate shot to land Kevin Durant? And if I do, I don't want to blow that shot by going out and spending my free agency money. So, yep. How are you? Like, how do you feel about it with, um, I know it's. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. As soon as he, I mean, as soon as he um, announced that, yep, I'm out, you know, Kyrie Irving opts in, even asked for a trade, it was slam the brakes on. Everyone's gonna see um, uh, see what they can package together. And I remember watching uh, one of the national media. I think Woj was talking about it, and um, you know, people are, are ringing, or maybe it was Bobby Marks, one of them, and uh, they said, "Well, people are ringing the nets, and then ringing back without a counter offer, and just upping what they were gonna offer." And for him to make this free, uh, this sort of frenzy in the free agency period, you know, it shows how much of an impact player he can be. 
I think the Pelicans are in the same sort of situation as, as the Grizz. You know, we've built through the draft. We've got a really strong core now, you know, going and getting CJ McCollum. Uh, was a fantastic uh, going acquisition at um, at the trade deadline or thereabouts. It gives you a core of Zion, Brandon, CJ, JV, and then you've got Herb Jones, Trey, Jose, all these young guys coming through as well, um, as well as guys like Devontae Graham and Jackson Hayes and, and that that have been holdovers from the last few years. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether you, you gut your team. I'm forgetting Larry Nance as well. If you gut that team to go after Kevin Durant, well, do you then? I mean, that's essentially pushing your chips into the middle. It's saying this year we have to win because you've got four years of Kevin Durant, but in his fourth year, we don't know what he's going to look like, uh, whether he ages well or not. You know, he's still going to be 38 years old. We've seen that with LeBron. While he's still playing at a high level, he can't stay on the court. He keeps getting injured. And I think your body naturally (laughs) can't deal with the rigors of, of the NBA at that point. Um, it, I think it's going to be really tricky. I, I mean, I can see Toronto positioning themselves. I saw a, a report from years ago that he, he was growing up a, a Toronto fan. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards were, were in the sweepstakes as well, being uh, that he's from DC originally. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And uh, at the moment, it's bated breath for all the other free agents. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's sitting there unsigned and it's probably close to a max... Uh, contract player uh, by the way he's uh, positioned himself in the last couple of years Uh, what was your biggest um, or changing tact a little bit into free agency generally what was your uh, biggest acquisition or surprise I suppose signing that you've seen so far if any Uh, DeAndre Jordan DeAndre Jordan getting a contract like what more do we have to see from him that like why is he still getting an NBA contract is it because he's <laughs> almost seven foot tall because if you look what he brought to the table for the two teams that he was on the roster last year it was Neil and maybe you're you're signing him I like I don't even see why you would need to sign him for veteran leadership at this point because well, the Nuggets that's where he signed and you have a guy like Jeff Green that's been around the league you have Nikola Jokic Jamal Murray while these guys are young they're veterans in the league and that that one just makes no sense to me I I know that that's not like a huge splash necessarily but that was really a head scratcher and um and then also I, I wonder what in the world Orlando is doing like they 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 go out they draft Banchero They've got Jonathan Isaac. They have, they re-sign Mo Bamba. They re-sign Bo Bowl. They re-sign Gary Harris. And mm. I just I, – Gary Harris doesn't necessarily fit into that mold, but you, you look at the, the four and five, like three, four, five for their Orlando Magic, it's like who's going to play? Who's going to be the odd man out? If Isaac is back, is he going to sit on the bench? You know, Franz Wagner was fantastic last year. And you would think that you would want to still see him play, but you have Banchero who you, who you drafted, who you know is going to see playing time. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to see playing time. Yeah. Um, you know, Bo Bowl has not really had an opportunity to see a run in the league, whether that's because Denver thought he was not good enough or if it was a work ethic thing. That It just really – it was puzzling to me. And, and that's the two things. I know that there were some other moves made 
but those were the two, the uh, DeAndre Jordan getting a contract and then Orlando re-signing all of these big guys, just wondering what the heck they're going to do down there. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I don't know what the Magic are, are doing. It was, you, you'd think you'd be able to, you'd go straight out and clear as much minutes as you can to get this uh, young fella in, in Banchero to be, you know, a starter. Obviously, he probably will be anyway, but, you know, make sure that he has that ability to have uh, continual minutes and not have to appease all of these other tall guys that you've gone and got. So, I don't, unless there's something going on with Isaac that, you know, he's still. They don't have any faith in him that he's coming back. Who knows? But, um, you know, when he does play, he's an impact player as well. So, oh, I don't know what they're doing down there, but you think they're going the right way and then you never really know. But uh, <laughs> the one that um, I really liked was Gary Payton to the Blazers. I thought that was such a good pickup. Got him um, on a little uh, three-year, $28 million deal. Uh, and I thought that was a really good get. He was... He was massive for uh, the Warriors in that championship run. And I thought, um, you know, them going and getting a guy that can score a bit, can defend the hell out of it. I mean, yeah, not bad at all. Uh, and the one that I've just seen was the TJ Warren to Brooklyn. Uh, had a year out. He was fantastic in the bubble and then really struggled to get healthy uh, the last couple of seasons. I, I loved him at the paces. I thought he was a great player, uh, mid-range specialist. And, um, yeah, I think he's got a real opportunity there, depending on how it all plays out, uh, to have a good season at the Nets. I think there's going to be opportunity for him to score and, you know, play consistent minutes. So uh, I like that. But, um, yeah, it's a shame that he went there and not somewhere that I enjoy watching. But um, <laughs> the um, any other thoughts on, on free agency, that Gobert trade? I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, let's unpack the Gobert trade. What? Uh, that's an oversell, isn't it? You, I, I you sold the house so. for him. Yeah. So you, you give up the, what they gave up to get him really, you know, Patrick Beverly played a huge part on that team getting to where they got last year. And they don't have a guy like Gobert is the best of like one of the best defensive players in the league. Some would argue the best defensive player. He's the best defensive big in the league, in my opinion. Um, but he doesn't play the game the same way that Patrick Beverly does. And that team doesn't have a guy that plays the game like Patrick Beverly does. So, yeah. you know, I, I wonder how it's going to work. Carl Anthony Towns is plenty quick enough to, to play the four. Like he's not going to match up against any fours and just, you know, get dominated because they're faster than him or anything like that. Like he, he's going to be fine. But I, like, what is their perimeter defense going to look like? Anthony Edwards played very well against the Grizzlies in the playoffs last year. I think that when he wants to, that he can be a really good perimeter defender. But I just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know that they said they wanted to get a big man and move Cat to the four, but that one just, it just seems weird. And then the the amount of picks that they gave up and, I, I may be getting this wrong. I don't have it pulled up here, but there there was not much protection. I don't think there was any protection on those picks, really, was there? Not that I recall. Um, I'm going to pull it up. No, I think it so. was like full unprotected. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you've got a pretty safe floor, right? You got Carl Anthony Towns, 
Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, we still don't know if, if D'Angelo Russell is going to be a Timberwolf or if they're going to look to move him to go out and get mm. somebody else. But I, I feel like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has gotten the label of being kind of a soft player. And Patrick Beverly brought some grit to that team. And I feel like going out and getting – Gobert just doesn't play like that. He's going to be an elite rim protector. But you you give up point of attack defense for rim protection. And I guess technically if you're looking at it analytically, that's probably the right move, right? Because you'd rather them shoot mid-range or three-point shots than, uh, than get shots at the rim. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch these guys and I think in the regular season it's going to work fine but when it gets to the playoffs if teams go small against them are they going to be able to defend well enough and then you know if team because Rudy Gobert is not a, a back to the basket dominant score type that you, know, you you can play a small guy on him and he's not going to eat you up offensively Carl Anthony Towns could but he doesn't he I watched yeah, so in, true. in that in that Grizzly series. You know, I, I love Xavier Tillman, but Carl Anthony Towns should have had him in the post wearing his ass out. Like he he is capable of doing that, but he didn't. And, and I don't know, I don't for one second believe that he cannot do that. I think that he chooses not to. And yep. yeah, I, I for for I can't understand why. Can't wrap my mind around why, but that that's uh, the four unprotected picks. I feel like is an extreme overpay. They did get to keep. Um, uh, they kept McDaniel's. That that was the one guy that they mm. really wanted to keep. They were able to keep him, so I like that. But you know, you give up Vanderbilt, you give up Patrick Beverly, two of your better defenders on the team, to add one of the best defensive big men. Um, man, it's it's going to be be fun to see how it plays out. But uh, I think in the playoffs that it's not going to work all that well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've pulled the, the full trade up now. So it's Rudy Gobert for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmero, Walker Kessler, who was their first-round pick this year, Jared Vanderbilt, 23 first-round, 25 first-round, 26 pick swap, 27 first-round pick, and 2029 first-round protected pick. Uh, so... I mean, you've sold the house. You've gone all in on this. And for a guy, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has the potential to be one of the best players in this league. Like, I mean, I think he's a fantastic player, but he is absolutely could be a top-tier talent. It's an attitude thing. It's a, um, you know, a want to actually play in the post and, and dominate. We've seen when he, he can drop, you know, 40-odd points on any given night. But now that he shoots his threes so much, he's settled for that. And, I mean, you've gone and got Gobert to go and say, all right, well, you can just shoot threes and spread the floor and we'll just put Gobert there to do all the defensive side of things. And I think, you know, Cat sold himself short by deciding that he's going to play power forward in, instead of center. And, and, you know, I might be eating my words and say, you know, he might go and on an absolute tear and win the MVP and all that sort of stuff. But it's a shame to not... Um, you know, have him actually play deep in there and instead wanting to handle the ball and, and shoot threes. And he's almost swung so far to the shooting big man that 
he he's getting rid of his biggest talent, which is the fact that he's strong and and can score in the paint and can absolutely dominate. He's good on the offensive boards when he wants to be. Um, yeah, I I don't like it. I don't like the uh, the trade, and I think uh, with Gobert there, it's going to be very very interesting um, to see how the spacing goes, particularly if you know Edwards three-point shot doesn't continue to improve. I'm sure it will. He's a fantastic player, but you're losing spacing. You're also putting Gobert in, you know, you're basically leaving him in low, no man's land when you've got small ball uh, players on. Uh, and we've seen how you can beat the Jazz when Gobert's on because you just make Gobert stand out in the corner on a shooter instead of um, under the rim. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. They've got a big task ahead and, um, all the very best to the Timberwolves. We'll uh, we'll see you. We'll be watching in the play-in with bated breath. Um, so <laughs> we'll um, we'll see what happens there. I will I will say this about it though. The one thing that Minnesota has that Utah did not really have with Gobert, they have uh, McDaniel's. Jay McDaniel's is a really really good help side defender. Yeah, and true. and they don't like Utah didn't have that like. They they had um, Royce O'Neal right. Royce O'Neal was a, a pretty good defender. He was probably their their best defender outside of Gobert, mm-hmm. but he's he was not um, he was not a threat to protect the rim. And I think McDaniel's can be kind of that help. And you also still have Cat, so you still have some size on the Timberwolves team to kind of maybe maybe shield that a little bit. You know, if if they have a team that is pulling, if you have a, if you're playing a small lineup. And you're trying to pull Gobert away from the the basket. Maybe you've got enough help defense where it's okay if Gobert is out there because while he's going to be your number one rim protector, you have other guys that can fill the gap. And and Utah just didn't have that. And I was actually I was advocating for the Grizzlies to put a package together to trade for Gobert because yeah. you know like with Jaron Jackson being the the type of help side defender that he is. If you paired him with a big man that could protect the rim like like Rudy Gobert, I feel like it would be just like shooting fish in a barrel, man, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes defenses or opposing offenses, you know, have to double take when they're going to go in there, especially if you've got two uh, rim protectors in there. I just, I don't know. I, I think maybe I'm skeptical until I see it, you know, like, yeah. like the Loch Ness Monster, you know. They say it's real, but I've never seen it, so – um, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it, it plays out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, do you think the Kings have a chance? You know, they went and acquired Sabonis and um, a bit of a head scratcher at the time, getting rid of Halliburton, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, could they sneak into the, uh, the play-in slash playoffs, potentially? I think that they have a really good shot. The The one thing that I love about what that team is doing right now, Monty McNair has a type of player and he got a ton of crap for trading Halliburton. 
I had this conversation at length with one of the co-hosts of my show. And he's like, you don't trade Halliburton, you trade De'Aaron Fox. Mm. But let me ask you something, Lyle. Who, if you're trading De'Aaron Fox, are you going to get a cal- like are you going to get a Sabonis caliber player in return? And, and I think like the answer to that question, I, I think it's no. I don't think that you get a Sabonis caliber player in return if you're packaging De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Healed. And so while I think that long-term Halliburton is going to be the better player, I think that McNair was doing his best to manage the assets. Like he, I think he shopped the Aaron Fox and he didn't like the return. So rather than selling Fox for pennies on the dollar, he sold Halliburton while his stock was extremely high. And I really, I like the hiring of Mike Brown. I know a lot of people are not a huge fan of his, but their defense has been terrible for a long time. And if you turn that, if you get them to buy in and you turn that defense around, you've got enough talent on that team right now. Um, you know, people were mad because of the, the DiVincenzo thing. And then they end up going out and, and they made the signing. Um, I just lost his name. Who they, who is the guard that they signed? Um, oh, Malik um, Monk. Malik Monk. Yeah. So, you know, like the, there were a lot of people that were heated because they let uh, DiVincenzo walk. And then they go out and they sign former college teammate at Kentucky. They sign Malik Monk. I think that he is, you know, he's a shooter that's good. You know, put him around. De'Aaron Fox can get to the basket like crazy. You get him shooters around him, that's going to be great. Uh, Sabonis can pass very well out of the post. You get him shooters around him, that's fantastic. They didn't go out, The you know, they got crapped on because they took Keegan Murray instead of Jaden Ivey. In my opinion, Jay Nivey was the second best player in this draft. They didn't take yeah. him there, but they took the guy that is more NBA ready. Keegan Murray is going to contribute year one, and he can play basketball. He's a damn good basketball player. He can shoot the ball. He plays defense well. He can pass the ball. And so they've got a really good core there. Um, I, I don't know. I was trying to sit down to figure out what that starting lineup would look like right now. But, you know, they traded for Kevin Herter. I think that they can definitely be a playoff team next year. Um, A lot of that is going to depend on how well Mike Brown gets these guys to buy in defensively because you can't get this this version of De'Aaron Fox that is only playing defense a third of the time when he's on the floor because if one of your best players is doing that, odds are some of your other players are going to do that. And while Mike Brown is a, a good defensive coach, if you can't get guys to buy in and say it's not going to do you any good. So I hope that because of you know, his time in Golden State that he's able to get these guys to buy in because I believe in Mike Brown, and I think that Monty McNair has done a good job putting guys that can play defense and that can shoot the ball around his two best players, being Fox and Sabonis. So – I, the, the West is going to be tougher this year. Uh, Denver has made some crazy good moves. Like under the right, how many, how many people are talking about Denver getting, getting KCP and, and like what that trade done for them. Will Barton looked awful toward the end of last year. Like yeah. he, he just, you know, it, I don't know if it was injury related, but he didn't look good. And so you get a guy that can, you know, a three and D guy in KCP that has been there. That's been to the playoffs. He knows how to win a championship. And they, they have just added pieces 
that I, I think it's great. I still like the, the DeAndre Jordan thing is super head scratching. I still don't know where, where they were going with that, but I, I think that they, they've done a great job reloading. Uh, you know, everything that I've heard, Michael Porter Jr. is healthy. His back is good. We fully expect um, Jamal Murray to be back and healthy. So, you know, they drafted a kid named Bones Highland last year, and yeah. he ended up being a stud and, you know, played some guys off of the floor because of how well he was contributing. So that's a Denver is going to be tough this year. Um, it, it's going to be the, the West is going to be brutal. You know, the Pelicans reloaded. They got Zion coming back healthy. Um, got a, a great rookie coming in, whether he's going to start day one or come off the bench or whatever he's going to mm-hmm. do. You know, and, and we didn't really see a lot of Trey Murphy last year. I feel like we'll see more Trey Murphy this year from the Pelicans. Yeah, I agree. Him, you know, length and versatility. Herb Jones was, man, I, I don't own anything Pelicans at all. And if the Grizzlies people listen to this, I'm probably going to get crucified. I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% going to buy a Herb Jones t-shirt because I absolutely freaking love that dude. I did. I love the way he plays. I love his attitude. And I like that, you know, kind of against all odds, he came out of that draft and busted his ass to, uh, to get into rotation playing time for a playoff caliber team. Yeah. I mean, we're all, Big Herb Jones fans here as well. Um, yeah, I mean, to see a guy get drafted, what, pick 35 or something, and then end up starting about eight games in, it's and then became the, you know, the the anchor of the defense, basically. He was huge. Uh, so we we do love Herb. And I think um, one of those guys that we're going to see for years to come, and he's going to keep playing guys off the court. I don't think there's guys in our rotation that are, are better defenders than him and... Um, I think he'll continue to start. Dyson will probably come off the bench, I think, um, along with Trey and Jose and probably Larry Nance as well, Jackson Hayes. Uh, It's got to be interesting to see. And like you said, the West is going to be stacked because there's also a guy called Kawhi Leonard coming back for the Clippers. So that's another team that uh, has just added John Wall as well. Uh, There's only so many seats at the table, and I think it's going to be a a real fight uh, to see how this um, Western Conference plays out. I mean, for a few years now, it's been the East that sort of swung to be the harder uh, harder conference. But, I mean, this is going to be a slog this year and there's not going to be much opportunity to fight back in, I think, because um, uh, 1 to 10 is going to be pretty pretty stacked. Uh, and that's not to say who knows what the Lakers look like. We, uh, I don't know. Um, Half retirement village, half last chance. You is what I what I saw. Um, <laughs> it was one of the tweets that was floating around. I cackled at that. They're signing all sort of guys that have just been left uh, on the scrap heap with them, um, you know, like Lonnie Walker and uh, and guys like that. It's been um, interesting what the Lakers are doing, and you know, I, I don't know how this uh, this Western Conference is going to play out. Um, David, before we wrap up, what are your final thoughts on on this coming season and especially for the Grizzlies and the Western Conference generally? Are you excited or nervous or what are your thoughts? I mean, we're a little way out. Man, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready to see what what this Grizzlies team does. You know, they nobody expected them, even the most optimistic uh, Grizzlies fan did not expect them to finish top two in the West last season. And I don't think a lot of people expect them to finish very high just because of a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about, teams reloading. 
you know, Portland is a team that was not competitive last year that, you know, they go out, they get Jeremy Grant and they are retooling around Dame Lillard to try and be competitive. You, you look at one through 15 in the Western conference and you can say with confidence that there's, there's going to be at least 11 teams, maybe even 12. They're going to try to be competitive Whereas Utah is kind of an unknown. Are they going to keep Donovan Mitchell? Are they going to completely lean into a rebuild? And, and I know that initial reports are saying that they're going to keep and just rebuild around him. But is he going to be okay to waste a year of his prime? Because the pieces that they got in return in that trade for Gobert are not enough for them to be truly competitive. Definitely not a championship team. Um, but yeah, the, the West is going to be loaded. I, I, I hope that this is a healthy season. I want to see where the Grizzlies stack up. Obviously, John Morant had a fantastic season last year. You know, earned him the the rookie max deal, which you know, th- there's no way that you don't sign him to that, right? Like it's a same with with you know Zion and the Pelicans. And, and I saw some people kind of being weird about that. And I'm like, you know, he was an, an all star his rookie season for a reason. This dude is a freak. And when he comes back healthy, he's going to show you guys why he was worth that type of contract. So I hope more than anything that the West is healthy this year. And obviously the Grizzlies are off to a rough start because, you know, Jaron going down. But outside of that, I want to see, you know, what what is uh, what, what are the Clippers going to look like? What's Denver look like at full strength? And how did the Grizzlies stack up against those teams? Because at the end of the day, you know, winning a championship is fantastic. Um, I, I just I would love to see it against a, a fully healthy West, so you don't have to uh, to hear people making excuses. Oh, well, you only won it because of this, or you know this player was out, or that player was out. So I, I expect the Grizzlies to be competitive. I think any time that John Morant steps on that floor, that this team is going to be competitive. And last season, that this coaching staff done a great job preparing them. You know, they were I think they ended the season. I mean, it was well over 500 without John Moran on the floor, and that's not something that, that anybody would have expected. So they, they keep Tyus Jones around because of that. But a lot, lot of good players on this team, a lot of good players in the West. Dallas made some moves. Um, I feel like gaining Wood and losing Brunson, Brunson is a net loss for them. I don't think yeah. that Wood is going to bring as much to that team as what Brunson did. And so, you know, they still have Luka. They're still going to be a competitive team. They're going to be capable of beating anybody, but I'm not as concerned with them as I am. And we don't know. We don't know what Phoenix is going to look like. If Phoenix adds KD to, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Kevin Durant, and then I think they did they sign. Where did JaVel McGee sign? Did he do not? Oh, he got a three-year deal. Uh, he went to. Um, that was a big uh, – Dallas as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know who their starting center is going to be, but the one thing that I have learned over the course of CP3's career, if you put a center that is capable uh, of playing at the NBA level, uh, Chris Paul is going to make them better. And so I know that uh, Biambo, Bismack Biambo, re-signed a a contract Mm -hmm. with them. And I don't – I wouldn't expect that he's going to be their starter – but if you have, you know, Bridges and Durant and Booker and CP3, you could almost put me out there at the five and uh, and they would be okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's 
going to be exciting. I tell you what, um, David, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate uh, you jumping on and, and having a chat. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I mean, free agency has just been, I don't know, it's been interesting. Some of those uh, trades and the like I'd completely forgotten about. And um, yeah, it was good to, good to be reminded that uh, the, the West is absolutely loaded once again. Um, where can we find you and what has been going on over at the uh, Sports Ethos Grizzlies? Man, just checking along. We've done a ton of draft coverage. So I know if you're listening to Lyle's show, you are a Pelicans fan. But during the offseason, we we try to cover as many prospects as we can. So if you want to get an idea uh, on prospects, you know, a lot of times we're looking at them through the glass of the Grizzlies. But we, we get a lot of great information, Isaac and I. That's we. It's, it's kind of a passion for us. We started doing it a couple of years ago, and we just seem to dive a little bit deeper every year. So we, we do that. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at NBA D-Will 2-1. Uh, I had it. It was different before that, but a lot of people were complaining because it was hard to find. So I try to go with something a little bit easier. But uh, just turn our content over there. Got uh, Isaac and Candace with me. And uh, great. They were great additions to the squad and uh, help enhance the show. So looking forward to another year. Yeah, fantastic. And guys, if you're not listening to the ethos grizzlies you're doing yourself a disservice because the guys over there do a fantastic job it is a very fun show and uh, a lot of good information that's where i learned a lot about the draft i tell you what so david thank you so much for coming on and uh we'll have to tee something up again soon looking forward to it man so thanks again to david uh for coming on the show and having a chat with us about all things Western Conference, free agency, whatever you can imagine, Grizzlies, Pelicans, there's plenty to unpack out of that. So really, really fun uh, chat with him. Make sure you go and check out the Ethos Grizzlies if you want to have a listen uh, to heaps of draft stuff, heaps of off-season news, as well as some Grizzlies content. The guys over there have a great time, and like I said, they're a really good show. So check that out on all of the platforms. Guys, I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, we've had a really good chat, longer episode today. Uh as always, you can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, all that fun stuff. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ethos Pelicans, at Lyle Swithenbank is me. Go and give us a follow. Uh, and if you want to leave a five-star review, uh, go and do that. That helps us grow, and I appreciate all the people that have done that so far. So, without much more to say. I'm going to leave it at that. This has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank. Stay safe and bye for now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.